you caged in This is what boys turn to made man This ain't no game, ain't no playpen Come with the hook and the kick Now your stomach is sick and there ain't no escaping Come to the cage and get knocked out Come into work and get clocked out Get hit with uppercut straight to the uppercut Down for the count and he can't even talk now This MMA what we talking about Yeah you tuned into the pod now Gonna be hard for you to stop now Yeah, we caged in Welcome back to another episode of Caged In. I'm your host, Chris DiCarlo. I know you saw the title, and if you couldn't guess, my next guest is Jillian Robertson. She's been on the podcast before, but she just came off a huge win on Fight Island over the weekend against Pollyanna Botello. So you know I had to call her up and pick her brain about the fight. Kind of ask her what she wants next moving forward. And then we get into a little bit of the Khabib versus Justin Gaethje fight coming up this weekend. And we know we're all super hyped for that fight. So Jillian gives me her breakdown of what she kind of sees happening. And guess what? She even tells you who she's putting her money on. So if you're trying to make some guap, make sure you listen up to where Jillian is putting her money on this weekend's fight. All right. So, without further ado, let's get right into the interview, man. I'm here with UFC flyweight Jillian Robertson. How are you doing today, Jillian? I'm doing great. Just sitting back to training and um, excited to get back in the cage after this uh, win this weekend. Yeah, first off, congratulations on that win. Oh, thank you. You're uh, def- I'm definitely disappointed I didn't get the finish, but I'm just I'm always happy to go out there and perform. I have so much fun just being in the octagon. Oh, for sure. So for those of you that don't know and are living under a rock, Jillian Robertson defeated Pollyanna Botello via unanimous decision on the prelims of the Korean Zabi versus Brian Ortega card. Um, that win actually gave you the most wins in UFC women's flyweight history. You just keep keep stacking on these records. Oh yeah, that's the goal. I'm just here to build those records, then I'm just trying to push them so that nobody else can catch up. So uh, yeah, just uh, I'm trying to get back in there. I'm trying to stay active and uh, yeah, just keep on pushing my records. Oh, for sure. 100%. So before I get into that fight real quick, I just want to talk about your trip over to Fight Island. I know, um, obviously, your first time over there for a fight. Can you tell me a little bit about your trip to Abu Dhabi on Fight Island? Like, I know you fought September or October 17th was a Saturday. When did you actually get to Fight Island to start, like, your preparations? Uh, So I actually ended up going out to Abu Dhabi early. Uh, My coach, T. Thomas, went out there about a month prior to my fight. So I did my last two weeks of my camp by myself in um, my hometown, Port St. Lucie, Florida. And then I did, uh, but I flew out there for about 20 days and I was able to get working with my coach to be able to finish up my camp with him. So uh, yeah, I was out there for a long time and it the process getting over there that was rough and uh just a lot of quarantine a lot of covid tests oh for sure how long's the flight from from florida to abu dhabi how long is that well we actually uh the ufc takes one plane from las vegas to abu dhabi so i had to fly from florida to las vegas then las vegas to abu dhabi so i was um I was quarantined in Vegas for 24 hours and took a COVID test there. Uh, and that's, I believe, six and a half, seven hour flight. And then from Vegas to Albuquerque is a 15 and a half hour flight, I believe. Damn, it's a long trip. Oh, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a rough one. But the UFC made it as comfortable as possible for us. They got to oh, make sure okay. all the fighters make sure all the fighters get first class on the way there. So that was an awesome experience in general. Yeah, that's that's pretty dope. 
Um, when you got to when you got off the plane, how long did the did the UFC make you quarantine for before you were able to like get out and start moving around the resort and whatnot? I uh, saved so to quarantine for forty eight hours, and by that time, I already had four COVID tests. Yikes. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely uh, thorough with their process right now. Um, I think in 20 days, I had about 10 COVID tests. So uh, it was twice a week, though, every time, well, the whole time that I was there, and then four on the way there. So yeah, it, it definitely added up. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So um, the resort out there looked dope. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about like the place you were staying at? Because I've seen like through the internet and whatnot, and it looks unreal. <laughs> Oh yeah. Just being in Abu Dhabi in general is absolutely, it's like futuristic. It's just all the architecture and everything is so amazing. And uh, we were at the W and it's, they made, they did everything to take care of us. It was all the little extra details that like, even when I came back after my win, they already had champagne waiting for me in my hotel room. So just things Perfect. like that, that makes the night extra special for you. Yeah, for sure. And I know I've seen that they have that outdoor octagon too, like right outside the beach area where you can like, kind of like go out there and move around. That looks dope as hell too. Oh yeah, it, it was absolutely unreal. Dean and I were uh, doing every single one of our nighttime sessions at the beat. So uh, it, it's definitely extremely humid and hard to breathe. You can almost swim through the air there, but uh, it was it's an unreal experience to be able to get that kind of work with the views there. Yeah, definitely. And one last thing that happened to you in your stay right in Abu Dhabi before we break in, start breaking down your fight, you actually got awarded your black belt from Dean Thomas while you were out there in Abu Dhabi. That's pretty cool. Uh, that honestly probably means more to me than the fight itself. hundred percent. That's what I was going to say. It probably means way more to you than that. Yeah. It, it's just an absolute honor to be able to get that recognition from my coach and uh, for him to, uh, I guess I, I've had over the last two years, three years that I've had my brown belt. I've, I had so many people tell me, they're like, Oh, you're a black belt. You deserve it already. And it's just, it never, it wasn't real to me until my coach actually gave it to me. And he actually realized that, uh, that, well, that he thinks I'm capable of, uh, the skill behind that belt. So, uh, that just means the world to me. hundred percent. Being a black belt is definitely like an honor. That's something that people work years for, like you had yourself. So congratulations on that as well. And, um, you deserve it for sure. Oh, thank you so much. No problem. All right, let's get into this fight real quick. I'm just going to run through some of the highlights of it. Um, so going into the fight, you know that Botello's a, a heavy striker, primarily a striker on her feet most of the time. Um, in that first round, could you feel her? Can you could you feel her strength on you like that when you were? Because I know you you shot in early for a takedown, and she kind of stuffed a couple of them. Could you feel how strong she was just off the rip? Oh yeah, I definitely felt like she was strong, but we knew that the, she was going to be like that coming into the fight. So uh, it was everything that I expected. We uh, just watching her previous fight; she always comes out strong and fast and hard, and she uh, tends to gas as the fight goes on. Just uh, she puts everything into every single strike and every single um, kick that she does. And I was actually surprised, like when I shot that first takedown, and I got her butt down, and then she was able to get back up, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, like. She, she is really strong. Like that kind of surprised me, but, um, yeah, it was everything that we were ready for. I knew that if I drug her into deep water, that she wouldn't be able to hang with me. Yeah. Did you say that on the stool on the end of the first round? I feel like yeah, you talked yeah. about how strong she was on the stool. I, I went back and I, I sat down I told Dean, I was like, yeah, she is strong. And he yeah. was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, but don't, uh, don't worry about that. And I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I wasn't saying it. Like I was worried about it. I was just saying like, yeah, like, like that's definitely a thing, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. uh, 
we knew that she was slowing down and we knew that I like I had 10 minutes to work and the next 10 minutes were it was just my world. Yeah, for sure. Coming out for that second round, um, you lost your mouth guard, which like 99.9% of the time is like the worst thing that could happen. But it actually made Batello come after you and push the pace. And then she walked right into your takedown. And that's kind of where you took over and, and um, started dominating that fight. Um, how worried were you when that mouth guard popped out? Uh, honestly, that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Like even in uh, training and sparring, I've never had that happen. So um, I guess I made kind of an amateur mistake and just went to go pick it up instantly. Just that yeah, was yeah. my first. That was my first reaction. I've just never had that happen to me before. And uh, then I noticed that she was kicking me after I went to go pick it up. So I was like, that's probably not the best idea right now. And um, yeah, I was just surprised the ref didn't give it back to me sooner. I thought, oh, I, I know. Four minutes- I was so confused. I think it was four minutes and 30 seconds with no mouth guard. Like when you were in top position, like in guard, like that's the perfect time to pop it back in. You know what I mean? Like that's like what happens every single time. And I was like, yo, why isn't, why isn't he giving her mouth guard back? Like what's going on? It took so long. Yeah. I was definitely concerned for my smile, but, uh, (laughs) it's hard for her to do damage when I'm in mouth. So that's definitely made it more comfortable. Yeah. That ground and pound in the second round was vicious as well. You were hitting over those short shots and the slicing elbows were looking really, really good. Uh, were you just trying to soften her up to ho- hopefully give up, get, uh, get her to give up position so you can work some of that jujitsu? Oh, 100%. I felt like she was being so defensive jujitsu-wise that she wasn't really giving me a lot of opportunities for submissions, but uh, obviously that opened up more ground and pound opportunities. So I was just uh, trying to do as much damage as I could there, try to get her to freak out a little bit on the ground to give me uh, give me what I wanted, but literally every time she started like getting up a little bit or giving me her back a little bit, her coaches, it was in Portuguese. So I don't know what they're saying, but they would start freaking out and yelling. And then she would go back down and just give me mount again. So I just felt like she was being very defensive and not giving me a lot of opportunities for submissions, but, um, it it definitely made it easier to get my ground and pound off. I mean, for sure. When she knows she's in the cage with the the flyweight leader in submission wins. So, I mean, like that's something that she was obviously preparing for as well. So of course she was going to lock, try and try and lock down that submission defense. Um, But it it gave you a lot of room to work that ground and pound, which is nice to see. Oh yeah. It's definitely something that I've wanted to work on uh, my last couple of fights. And uh, just coming into the UFC, I was so much of a jujitsu girl and I'm just slowly making that transition into an MMA fighter. So I just hope I can be more and more of a complete fighter in these next couple of fights. 100%. And you actually got her to scramble a little bit at the end of that third round where you ended up getting the back um, a little too late there in the the end of the third. Uh, How fast were you trying to sink that submission in because you knew the clock was ticking down? Uh, No matter what, I'm going for the kill every single second of the fight until uh, like 15. You you saw with Korean Zombie and uh, um, Yair Rodriguez. I think that was they fought for like 24 minutes and 59 seconds. Then he Mm -hmm. got the knockout. Anything's possible to the last second. 100 percent. I mean, even your last fight with Courtney Casey, you sunk in one of those late end of the third round submissions, too. So. Oh, yeah, we're just always going for the kill every single every single second of the fight. 100 percent. All right. Then when all was said and done, you know, you got that that W 29, 28 on one card and then 29, 27 on the other two. Um, How did it feel to get your hand raised? You know, after you had that long trip out to Abu Dhabi at Fight Island, how I'm sure getting that hand raised and getting the W made it all worth it. Right. Um, I guess I, I had being able to perform in the octagon made it all worth it. I love being out there and there's nothing I love more than fighting. So being able to do what I love and then get paid for it just 
like I, it, that means the world to me but uh i i'm not happy unless i get a finish i'm not happy like, i'm not happy with it going to the judges and even even my fights that i have got finishes and i just want to i'm not content with them i'm not the i'm not displaying who i am and what i'm capable of i know that that i'm better than this so uh, i just want to be able to do that in every fight <laughs> definitely so going into this fight you were number 15 I think now I see that you moved up to like number 12. Is that correct? Uh, correct. Yes. <laughs> number 12. And I know on this show before you called out Antonia Shevchenko and you called her out again at the, uh, with DC on your post fight. Is she still someone that you have interest in, even though now that she's ranked underneath you, or are you only looking up above you right now? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I, I, no matter what, I would take that fight if they offered it to me, but, uh, it's definitely not as an attractive matchup seeing that she's ranked underneath me. And, uh, yeah, the only reason I really wanted that one is because she denied me in August. So, oh, okay. uh, that, that's really the reason why I was calling her out. Hopefully if I put the pressure on, on, on the big stage, you know, then she can't really hide behind it. But, um, yeah, that's the only reason I wanted that one specifically. And uh, really, anybody ranked one through twelve, uh, one through eleven, it's that's where my target. <laughs> For sure, I feel that one hundred percent. So, did Dean Thomas fly home with you, or is he still out in Fight Island getting ready for um, uh, some of these other fight cards out there? He is back in America, I think, right now, but he's not back in Florida yet. He's traveling around a little bit still, just got a few more business stops before he makes it back home. So he'll oh, be back sure. here in a couple of weeks. I'm sure he's a busy guy. Uh, when do you guys start getting back to work? Do you have like um, a time plan for you to start getting back into training or are you just kind of taking it easy? I know it's barely a week out from your from your fight, so you're probably just chilling, but do you have a plan on when you can get back in there? Well, uh, I started training again yesterday, just started moving around the shadow boxing and, uh, this morning I was drilling again. So we're just starting like this week, but we're already back in there. And, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for the call. I'm ready to get, I'm going to be ready as soon as they give me it. So, uh, I'm ready for any opportunity to come my way. For sure. Do you have an ideal time? Would you, when you'd like to get back in the cage? Like I know still a few more months left in the year and there's still some cards left to fill. Um, do you have an ideal time or are you just down for whatever? I'm down for whatever, no matter what, but, uh, December would be ideal for me. Nice. I know you didn't take too much damage. I know that leg was a little bruised up from those leg kicks, but other than that, um, any damage coming out of that fight? Honestly, the worst thing that's came out of this is the mat burn on my knees. Both my <laughs> knees are absolutely destroyed from shooting those low singles. So uh, the, I feel like people don't realize how rough the UFC canvas can be. And uh, yeah, that's my worst injury that I'm dealing with right now. It's just yeah. my knees are scraped to shreds. I'm sure that's mad uncomfortable. They're not, obviously that canvas is nothing like jujitsu mats or anything. That's doesn't seem very forgiving. So I'm sure those knees are busted. Oh yeah. It, it's wonderful when you're on the feet. Cause you definitely don't slip as much as you would on, uh, like any t other mats. You feel like you're, you get a little sweaty and your feet are slipping everywhere. So you don't slip on the feet, but once you hit the mat and you're on the ground at all, it's, it's absolutely brutal. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. All right. So we got, I just want to get into this fight card for this weekend. If you're down, if you want to talk about this fight card coming up. Yeah, of course. All right. Just the, the main event. Of course, we got to talk about Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. Um, are you going to be watching this weekend? Oh, I think this is the fight that I've looked forward to the most all year long. I'm so I think this is the most this hyped fight of the year. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. It's it. 
on, for the longest time, I've thought that Justin has been the answer to Khabib, the one who's going to take him down. Just stylistically, I feel like it's a bad matchup for him. And uh, obviously, Khabib's still a monster, and he's going to put up a fight. But I see it going Justin's way. You do? That upset alert. That'd be crazy. Oh, yeah. And that's where I'm putting my money. Okay, okay. See, for me, I am, like, my favorite fighter in the lightweight division is Tony Ferguson. So, for me, I always figured that Ferguson was the answer to Khabib because he was super unconventional. His movement was different than anybody else in the weight class. His striking was on point, and he had the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu to kind of keep up with Khabib if it went that way. But after that fight with Gaethje which Fer got a little bit exposed in that one. I kind of am tipping towards Gaethje as well because I just would love to see, um, not that I want to root for Khabib to lose, but I just love seeing the belts change hands like that every once in a while, especially for someone that deserves it like Justin. He's been around the sport for so long, and I would love to see him hold that lightweight title. It would be awesome. I feel like there's few fighters that... Uh, really love fighting as much as Justin does. And like he always talks about, I'm going out there and uh, I'm willing to die in there. When, I feel like when you hear him say that, you know he's he's not bluffing, he's not lying. Like that's 100% true. He's going out there and he's either going to knock you out or get knocked out. And uh, I feel like Khabib just break, like, uh, and Justin's coach was talking about it, Trevor Whitman, on an interview. He was like, Khabib breaks people, but like, that's going to be something different when Justin is the mindset is just too strong. He's unbreakable. Exactly. There's not many fighters that kind of like live that fighter persona, like 24, seven, 365. And Justin is the guy that no matter what he's laser focused and he's not going to go out there and, and fault there. He's going to go out there and like you said, he's going to die on his sword or he's going to knock you the hell out. So this is a fight that for me, like I said, the most hyped fight of the fight card for sure and of the year for me. Um, I'm just wicked excited to see this matchup because any time we get a new fighter against Khabib, it's all you, people just assume like, oh, it's Khabib. He's going to do what he does. And he he shines and does that every single time. So I'm just waiting for somebody to kind of make the fight go a little bit different. And hopefully Justin can kind of change that narrative. Justin also has a great wrestling background, which I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't recognize just because he doesn't use it in fights. He's always going for the knockout. But I, I think I, I saw a stat the other day that said that he's had, in all of his fights, he's been held down for 17 seconds total on the ground. So it's like he's nobody's been able to hold him down if they have been able to get him down. So uh, it, I guess you'll never know. It'll be the skill versus skill. Exactly. This I think it's going to be an amazing fight. Hopefully it lives up to the hype because I'll tell you what, I'm excited. Um, 2 p.m. fight card, though. That's pretty crazy, huh? 2 p.m. I know they're probably trying to market it towards Khabib's fans in Dagestan and whatnot, but I can't remember the last time we've had an early afternoon card like that on the East Coast. When we were in Fight Island, for us to make it for the East Coast time, I believe I fought it. It was like 2 or 3 a.m. So it was the middle of the night we were fighting over there. Yeah. What was that training like for you, knowing that you had to fight that early? Were you waking up and training at that time specifically, knowing that you had to get your body ready for a couple weeks before you fought at two in the morning? Yeah, I was pretty much nocturnal the whole time that I was in Abu Dhabi. So I would uh, try to sleep as much as I could through the day. We would wake up around 5 or 6 p.m. and get my first training session. And then I would stay in all night and around uh, 1 a.m. we were doing my training. I try to stay. Hopefully fall asleep by like 3 
<laughs> yeah, that's I can't even imagine that. That's crazy. That's something that I always think about too when I see these international cards about like fight times and having to get your body ready for a certain time. I just can't wrap my mind around preparing like that. It's definitely crazy. So hats off to all you guys that do that stuff. That's nuts. It's definitely a unique experience, but um, when you get down, like I was honestly yawning when I was in my hotel room, but by the time you get down to your workout room and your locker room and you're warming up, it just, it's back to business. You don't even think about the time. It just, you know, it's go time and there's so much adrenaline in your body that you're just ready to, uh, perform. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, on this fight card also that's coming up this weekend, there's a fight from your division, Lauren Murphy versus Lilia Shakarova. Um, is that a fight that you'll have your eye on as a potential matchup as far as Lauren Murphy's considering she's number five? I, I, I was really excited for that fight before Cynthia Covio uh, got COVID. Um, um, true, I, true, true, true. I feel like Lauren Murphy versus Cynthia would have been an awesome matchup. Uh, a lot of people, for some reason, I feel like overlook Lauren, but I definitely see her as one of the tougher opponents in the division. Uh, so uh, I'm kind of, I, I kind of like, I wish that they would have got the the Tomio Lauren Murphy fight because I feel like that was a title contender fight right there. But now giving her uh, just kind of an outside name, I guess it, it takes away a lot of the excitement from the fight for me. Yeah, I feel you. Did, were you on um, the same season as Lauren Murphy, or am I getting two seasons m- confused? Oh, no, that's correct. We were uh, on the same season. So you kind of know the ins and outs of her game from your time on the show? Uh, I've only worked with her once, actually. We uh, grappled together. I know she has uh, she has smooth jujitsu, like she's no scrub on the ground, and uh, obviously her striking is where she's shining in her fights. Right. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you having the conversation with me again. Um, you're my first interview, and now you are my first repeat interview, so I appreciate that. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. And I'm definitely going to be keeping up with what's next for you. Um, just let the people know where they can kind of find you on social media and whatnot. Uh, if you want to follow me at Savage underscore UFC, uh, UFC on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> awesome. All right, Jillian, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. All right, thank you. No problem. Have a good day. You too. All right, man, there you have it. Thank you again, Jillian, for coming on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, Guys, if you want to listen to more of the show, you know where to find me. I'm on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Just look up Caged In with Chris DiCarlo. You'll find me on all those major platforms. And you can also follow the social media, Caged In Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on Facebook at Caged In Podcast or Caged In with Chris DiCarlo. Excuse me. So you can find me on all those places. I'll post all the links. I also post... um, just like my like random everyday MMA thoughts on my Twitter and then breaking news and all that stuff on Instagram. All right. So if you guys want to check that stuff out, you know where to find me. Um, until next time, man, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys. Enjoy the fights this weekend and I'll see you next time. Peace.